I am of the opinion that uh, we as the body of Christ need to reclaim certain tenets of our faith and certain practices, things that we read about in Scripture that we truly need to embrace again and shine and spotlight on them. And one of those is, of course, uh, the Ascension, Ascension Day. Uh, Of course, in our new democracy, Ascension Day was discontinued uh, on the calendar and uh, even the... uh, the fact that churches would meet, that was not stopped by government, but churches for some reason stopped. And like you heard me say this morning, uh, if you were there on Facebook, uh, I don't know how many of you joined in the morning prayer. I won't ask for a, an altar call, but uh, uh, if you're not joining, you're missing out quite a lot. And I see our, some of our pastors, they just log on and they don't log in. You know, as pastors, we have a WhatsApp group where we check in. You know, when you do your devotions, you check in and you check out. And some of our pastors, they only check in and check out, but they don't ever come on Facebook. Some of them, they check in when, when they check in at, uh, at like 20, 20, 25 past five. And I'm thinking, I'm not, not you, not you, not you, 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 you. But some of the pastors, I think I could try to follow up. I must phone them, you know. But I, I really encourage you, Bazalana, to join in that morning prayer. And one of the things we're trying to do there is to truly reclaim our ability to pray powerful prayers. Amen. I mean, the example that I gave this morning. You remember the example I gave this morning? Uh, do you remember the example? The example I gave this morning about these people, those who were not there, right? Just... But I was giving an example of the powerful prayer that people prayed where somebody who had disappeared for more than 20-something years finally came back because of powerful prayers. The church can pray at that level. Oh, come, okay, if you're going to give a hand, just do it right. Don't don't be half-hearted. So one of the things is about Ascension Day. What does the ascension of Christ how does it benefit us? What does it mean to us? Because, remember, the foretelling of Jesus Christ, the prophets did talk about all the things that Jesus would do and they would be fulfilled. So, in Acts chapter 1, I'm reading the New American Standard Bible. It reads as follows, the first account I composed, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do, underline that, all that Jesus began to do and teach. That that expression is important because what it is showing us is that the ministry of Christ began at a certain point and would continue, right? That the ministry of Christ wouldn't just be confined to him ministering whilst he's on earth in his earthly body. Began to do. All that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up to heaven after he had by the Holy Spirit given orders to the apostles whom he had chosen. 
To these, he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many convincing proofs. This is after Jesus had been raised from the dead. And he's appearing to his disciples and he's proving the fact that it is him. He's appearing to them, the Bible says, for a period of over 40 days. So, you know, the ascension happened 40 days after resurrection. Okay, so just remember all those dates and those times. So he says, appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God. Gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of what the Father had promised, which he said, you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from thence, from now. So when they'd come together, they were asking him, Lord, is it at this time that you'll be restoring the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons or the epochs which the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses both in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, even to the remote parts of the earth. And after he had said these things, he was lifted up. While they were looking on, a cloud received him out of their sight as they were gazing intently into the sky while he was going. Behold, two men in white clothing stood beside him. So he ascended. These men also said, men of Galilee, why are you standing looking into the sky? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in just the same way as you watched him go into heaven. Can I hear an amen, Bazalan? Turn to Luke chapter 24. Luke 24. It becomes so important for us, Bazalan, to revisit these verses, to read them again. Okay? Look at it, see it, read it again. It reads, And he led them out as far as Bethany, And he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. That's his ascension. And they, after worshiping him, returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising God. The word ascension or the ascension of Christ simply means he's going back to heaven. To the Father. But this time, he's going back with a different kind of body. Remember, Jesus is called, or was called, or is called, the last Adam. Because in his birth, he was birthed after the similitude of Adam. Adam didn't have a biological father except his spiritual father, and of course didn't have a mother even, and his his body, him and Eve, came from God. So as, 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 as a result, they were born with a sinless body. And this sinless body, it's a, it's a, it's a body the same as what we have, except that it doesn't have sin in it. It still needed to eat, take care of it and everything, but when, he's, 
when he sinned, then sin came and affected his body. So when Jesus came and was born, he was born after the similitude of Adam, born with a body that is without sin. And this is why, Mamelang, this will help you. This is why they couldn't kill him. That's why they couldn't kill him. Adam only died after he had sinned. But this sinless body doesn't die. In fact, when you look at the Garden of Eden, and when you read the state of the Garden of Eden, it's a different place. It's a place where Adam and Eve, they didn't have to till the ground. They didn't have to water because there were four rivers that watered the garden there. Everything was perfect. Things didn't die there. There was no corruption, no thorns, no thistles, no dryness, no lack, constant supply, fullness of life. It was an atmosphere filled with life, an atmosphere filled with the life of God, and the very sustenance of heaven was the atmosphere of God himself. And this is why when you read from the book of Genesis and you see the ages at which people died, people lived well over a thousand years because the way they had been created and them being in the presence of God brought a certain life on the inside of them. And so Adam, when he sinned, him and Eve, they began to die. They didn't die immediately. Even if God says, for the day on which you eat this, the tree of this fruit, you shall surely die. In fact, in the Hebrew it says, in dying you will die. Which means there's two kinds of death that they would die. They would first die spiritually, and it is the spiritual death that would open up to physical death. And so their body began to deteriorate because of sin. So Jesus comes, he's born into the earth with a body like that of Adam. A body that doesn't have sin. And then as a result of the many attempts they made to kill him, they couldn't kill him. In fact, he told them, said, you can't kill me, I will lay down my life. <laughs> yeah. And he, he, he laid down his life after he had taken upon himself your sin and my sin. After he drank the cup of sin in the garden of Gethsemane, only then could death touch him. It couldn't touch him before then. So Jesus died, he's buried, but watch now, watch, he's justified in the, in the pit of hell, made righteous, cleansed totally, sin removed, he's restored, and he rises in that same body that is different now. But now it's not only just a sinless body, it's a resurrected body. A resurrected body can exist in two realms at the same time. Or it can transition between heaven and earth. And it doesn't need, it doesn't, there's no problem. He can go to heaven and come to earth. And, and it's a body that you can, you could see the holes, his holes, you could see holes in his hands. And yet he's not bleeding. <laughs> he says to Thomas, come and put your, come and put your finger in my hands and see if it's me. And when he visits with his disciples, he ate fish with them. So he can still eat. But the ascension of Jesus simply means him going up to heaven in his resurrected body, in his glorified body, 
a body that one day you and I are going to have. We will have it. A body that will not sin. A body that death cannot kill. A body that is fresh and new, no aches and pains. No It's a body that is filled with the life of God. A body that can traverse between heaven and earth. Outer space, you can go into the presence of God and Woyakozola after that. Shaba yaba yaba. It's a body like that. And when you read everything about the redemption ministry of Christ, you know that his ascension was the next most important thing in terms of his redemptive ministry. In him ascending, it would fulfill the full cycle of what he came to do. In John 16, verse 27, he says, For the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came forth from God. I came forth from the Father and I have come into the world again. I leave the world and I go to the Father. So, his ascension would be like the crowning culmination of his ministry on earth. The Son of God became the Son of Man in incarnation. He took upon himself the body of flesh and blood and then returned to heaven with the same virgin-born, crucified, resurrected, glorified body. He came from heaven as God becoming man. Then he returned to heaven as the God-man. And I want you to see that. The God-man. In heaven, we have a man representing us. Look at 1 Timothy 2, verse 5 and 6. It says, For there is only one God, one mediator, who can reconcile God and humanity. Watch that last part. The man, the man, the man, the man, uh, the man, so in his resurrection, he goes back to heaven as a man, a God-man. Verse 6 says he gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. This is the message gave to the world just at the right time. So Jesus then becomes a proof that God will keep to everything he said he would do. He becomes the guarantee the surety of what will become, that if God can raise him from the dead, we will be raised from the dead. <laughs> if God could pull him out of the pit of hell and can give him a body like that, then we will be raised from the dead as well. <clears throat> so he becomes the first man. Watch this now. He becomes the firstborn from the dead. He is not the first man to be raised from the dead, but the first born to be raised from spiritual death. And Jesus becomes the forerunner, or he becomes the tithe, or he becomes the first fruit, and he becomes the proof and the surety that what God has said, he will do. We will be raised from the dead again one day. 
And not only that, we know that when he was raised from the dead and when he ascended into heaven, he did to fulfill the ministry of going up into heaven to go and go into the Holy of Holies and to present his blood before God. So he becomes the forerunner of those who would go behind the veil. Hebrews 6.20 says, Jesus has already gone in there for us. He has become our eternal high priest in the order of Melchizedek. And so when you study the scriptures pertaining the descending and the ascending ministry of Christ, it shows us that he descended from heaven to earth and he ascended from earth to heaven, both in spirit and in his body. When he ascended, he defied the laws of gravity, demonstrating that God can operate at a higher law. And God can supersede the laws of nature. Let's look at a few facts about the ascension of Christ. Number one, it was foretold by the prophets. And this is what I like about Christ and why Jesus is so different from any other prophet or any other teacher or any other person. There's thousands of prophecies that went out concerning him and every one of them came to pass without fail. Every one of them to the T. It was foretold by the prophet. Psalm 68 verse 18, in the New King James Version, it reads, You have ascended on high. You have led captivity captive. You have received gifts among men, even from the rebellious, that the Lord God might dwell there. In Psalm 110 verse 1, it says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand. So number one, it was foretold by the prophets. Number two, it was foretold by Christ himself. I'll give you many verses, but I'll only read one. You can read John chapter 16, verse 27, 28. John 20, verse 17. John 6, verse 61 and 62. You can read those. But John 16, 27, it says, For the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and you have believed that I came forth from God. Watch verse 28. I came forth from the Father and I've come into the world. Again, I leave the world and go to the Father. In John 20, Jesus said to Mary, Mary, she returned and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say, teacher, Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I'm ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Ooh, I like that. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that he had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things unto him. Number three. It was recorded by the New Testament writers. And when these New Testament writers wrote about Jesus ascending into heaven, they used different words and various expressions to describe the ascension. 
In Mark 16, 19, it says he was received up into heaven. In Luke 4, from verse 50, it says he parted from them and was carried up. He was carried up into heaven as he lifted up his hands in priestly blessing. In Acts chapter 1, verse 9, it says he was received out of their sight by a cloud. Different expressions. In John 14, verse 1, and the other scriptures in John, it said he would ascend up and he would depart from this world and go back to the Father. That's an expression. We read in Acts chapter 7 where it said Stephen saw the Son of Man standing in heaven. He saw him standing in heaven at the right hand of God. John on the island of Patmos as he wrote the book of Revelation. He saw the risen and the ascended Lord in the heavens also. Let me read what he said. He says there in Revelation chapter 1, verse 10 and 11, he says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a cloud, a loud voice, like the sound of a trumpet saying, write in a book what you see, and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamum, Theatia, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. Chapter 4, verse 1 and 2, says, after these things I looked and behold a door, standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like the, a voice of a trumpet speaking unto me. So John is talking about this voice that he's hearing this loud and powerful voice which is speaking to him. He says there, the last part of Revelation 4.2, he says, and immediately I was in the spirit and behold, a throne was standing in heaven, one sitting on the throne. So Jesus is the ascended one, the ascended king. As the ascended king, remember what we read in Acts chapter 1. He says, and this, the beginning of the ministry of Christ. It means as the ascended king, he continues with his earthly ministry, though he's in heaven. Listen carefully. This is so important. Jesus died for our sins, was raised from the dead, but his earthly ministry didn't stop there. After his resurrection, he teaches his disciples. For 40 days, he talks to them about the kingdom of God. Now the word kingdom talks about a rulership, a governorship. Jesus is trying to Tell his disciples, I came here on earth for us to bring in the rulership and the governorship of God. I began my ministry, but you must continue my ministry. <clears throat> in other words, my ministry doesn't stop with me ascending into heaven. I am transferring to you all power has been given unto me, but now I am delegating it to you. Go ye therefore. And when you go, go spread the kingdom. Take the kingdom wherever you go. 
Go into all the world. Preach the gospel to every creature. Jesus says, my vision is a big vision. I want the whole world to be affected by my rulership and my kingship. So after resurrection, he teaches his disciples about God's kingdom for 40 days. And then he's taken up to heaven where he is being exalted. So there are six things about his ascension or his exaltation that we must note, therefore, that are of great importance to us. Number one, Jesus continues to work even after ascension. Acts chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, we read, In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do. Ever say began to do? Yes. Say it again. Yes. Look at your neighbor. He said, you haven't even begun to say anything. You tell your neighbor, you are out your next way. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up. That word began signals that Jesus' ascension doesn't mark the cessation of his work. But it marks the continuation of his work. Now he works as Lord, King of kings, exalted king, who sits on the throne and gives instructions to his subjects that must go out and carry out his mission wherever they go. So Jesus works from heaven through his people. How? By the work of the Holy Spirit that he has imparted in their lives. As the work of the Holy Spirit comes upon us, he empowers us to fulfill God's purpose. Number two, the ascended Lord Jesus, as we said, he has sent the Holy Spirit to his people. Because God never assigns you and sends you without empowering you. God always equips whoever he sends. He said to his disciples in Luke 24, 49, after his resurrection, he said, I am sending the promise of my father to you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. So when Pentecost happened and people started rallying around the upper room and wondering at what's happening, Peter got up and started preaching. And there is so much in his sermon that is so interesting and so revealing. In his Pentecost sermon, he begins to connect what is happening at the ascension. And he explains in Acts 2, 33, he says, And being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, and having received the promise from, of the Holy Spirit from the Father, he has poured out this that you are now seeing and hearing. He's saying this exalted Christ was able to get the promise of the Spirit, and when he got the promise of the Spirit, he has poured it out and shared it among his followers so that his followers can continue to do the work that he did. Because remember, what made Jesus different in his ministry is when the power of the Holy Spirit came upon his life, he became a different person. 
And Jesus told the disciples, the works that I do, shall you do also? Oh, am I talking to dead people here or to alive people? He says, and greater works than these shall you do what? He says, because I go to the Father. Why? Why are you mentioning going to the Father? Because when he goes to the Father, he's going to get the promise of the Spirit from the Father. And he's going to send the same Holy Spirit down. And the same Spirit that made Jesus Christ to go everywhere, doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil, is the same Holy Spirit that Jesus is sending upon his followers. He's saying you can do greater because at that time I was only one of me. But now there's going to be many of you filled with the same power. Glory. Hallelujah. And I'm sending you the promise of the Father. And Peter explains, he says, you see, he was exalted on the right hand of God. And he has received from the Father, he says, what you see here, it's a proof. Huru ufitli. Ke proof huru ufitli. Ke proof huru yantsayang. Let me give you a revelation. Some of you who don't understand what I'm talking about. In the Old Testament, when the high priest went into the presence of God and and, and, and they went into the Holy of Holies. At the end of their garments, they would tie bells there. <laughs> and they, as long as people could hear the bells ringing, they knew that the priest is still alive. <laughs> But sometimes they would make a mistake and they would be killed by the presence of God and then the bells would stop. But what, what made us know who is still there is the ringing bells. Paulo said, even if I can speak with tongues of men and angels, but I have no love. He says, I am like a ringing bell. Mamela. When the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost and the people started speaking in tongues, it was the bell ringing. That is showing that the priest is still alive in heaven. He's still active in the presence of the Lord. And that we are still speaking in tongues today. It means our priest is still alive. Lives forever. And his ministry continues forever. God had promised in Jewel 2.28 said, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Says this promise will be fulfilled by the ascended and exalted Lord. So the ascended Lord sent the spirit to be present among us, his people. He sent his spirit to empower us for worldwide mission. He sent his spirit to transform us and make us new creatures and to live as different people because he ascended and he got the Holy Spirit. Can I hear a good amen, Bazalai? 
Not only did he send the Spirit, but Ephesians 4 tells us when he ascended, he gave gifts unto men. (laughs) Gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be pastors, and and some to be teachers. And and, 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 and that he, he ascended, he took off his fullness and distributed it among us. And thank God today we have people in the church that are called and anointed by God, some to be teachers, some to be pastors, some to be evangelists. It's it's an empowerment that comes from high. A sign that Jesus ascended. Because when he was here on earth, he was everything. He stood in all offices. He ministered in all offices. But because he began when he was on earth, When he has ascended, he says, I haven't stopped. I'm still continuing, except that I'm continuing inside of you and through you. I am taking what was in me and I'm giving it to you. The Holy Spirit is yours and the gifts and the abilities to be pastors and teachers and apostles. I'm giving it to you. How can I hear a good amen from somebody in the house? Hallelujah. Number three, Jesus' ascension is his heavenly enthronement. As a king. In other words, he is being installed. He's being seated. He's the seated prophet. The seated priest. The seated king. And the seated judge of the world. As a prophet... He is the word and the truth of God. As the priest, he is the reconciler, the mediator, the advocate, and the intercessor. As the king, he is the ruler, he is the governor of the universe. As the judge, he is the discerner and the rewarder of all mankind. But most of all, as Lord, he is the enthroned, exalted God. He's the enthroned, exalted God-man. Worthy of all praise, worthy of all adoration, worthy of all worship. That's why Ariadna Tumeloyaba Apostola The Apostles' Creed, we talk about the one who ascended into heaven, who is sitting at the right hand of God Almighty. It is important. It's an important part of our belief. We recognize him as equal to no other because his kingdom cannot be destroyed. His kingdom will not pass. And his kingdom keeps on advancing. He said, when you pray, pray, thy kingdom come. What does it mean? You can try to destroy the kingdom of God. You cannot kill it. You can try to push it back. You cannot kill it. For a while, it may seem like nothing is happening. But it's a kingdom that keeps on advancing and it keeps on moving on. It's a kingdom... That will not pass away, even if you try to ignore it. It's a kingdom that you can make lost to try and constrain it, but it will forever be there. 
It's a kingdom that you can maim the people and kill the people who are talking about it, who are trying to advance it. But in you killing them, you make them to preach it even more. It's a kingdom, if you try to shut it down and try to shut down its operation, it will go underground. If you find them underground and if you crucify them, they will still preach being on the, on the cross. You boil them, they will still preach even when they're in boiling oil. It's a kingdom that cannot stop. It's a kingdom that if you believe in the power of it, you give your all to it. And it's a kingdom that we must honor and respect the rules thereof, and the protocols thereof. Because all the kingdoms of the world will fall and crumble and crash, but this kingdom will stand forever. Many empires, many governments have tried to shut down this kingdom. They are gone. The kingdom of God is still advancing. It is still there. Oh, somebody shout. Many philosophers have tried to philosophize about it and say it will just be a matter of time. It will all be gone. We have buried those philosophers. Their bones are in the grave, but this kingdom continues to grow. It's a kingdom that you cannot stop. When it gets into the children, it changes the child. When it gets into a young person, it changes a young person. When it gets into an old person, it changes an old person. You can't stop this kingdom. This kingdom will go transatlantic. It will go into other parts of the world. It's a kingdom that will never stop. It's a kingdom that will never stop. Somebody give the Lord a shout. Somebody give the Lord a shout in the house. I said, somebody give the Lord a shout in the house. It's a kingdom that will never stop. Somebody give the Lord a shout in the house. Hallelujah. 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 That's why we are here today. That's why we are here today. To recognize the ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ. In conclusion, Barcelona, that he ascended. Mamelang. It says, And my God said to my God, Sit thou at my right hand. Until I make your enemies your footstool. Mamela Ambazala, when you sit on a chair, all of your body is suspended from the ground. The only thing that touches the ground. is the feet. <clears throat> and Paul writes to the church in the book of Hebrews and said, and, and the Lord will crush Satan under your feet shortly. Amen. Even in the book of Romans. Here's where we connect the dots. The reason he's sitting is because he has done his part. Amen. <laughs> 
Mara, even if he has done his part, there is still some unfinished assignment. Because that unfinished assignment is your part and my part. That unfinished part of the assignment is when you and I make the enemy come under his feet so that he can put his feet on them and make it his footstool. That's the part. You know the best way to celebrate his ascension is for you to make sure you make the enemy the footstool of Jesus. Oh, come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Bishop, what are you talking about? Let me tell you. When you use your authority, when you use your power, when you stand on the word of God, when you defeat Satan left, right, and center, it's almost like you are dragging this enemy and putting him under the feet of Jesus and put Jesus puts his feet on them and said, my son, my daughter, you are making my work all the worthwhile. I beat the devil. It is your turn to beat the devil now and put him under my feet. When God sees us do his work and walk in victory and we are not afraid and we walk in the world and we exercise our authority and we live in holiness and we live in power and we live in the anointing. When God sees us starting churches, going to different places, taking new territories. When God sees us making altar calls, people getting born again, people getting changed. When God sees us advancing the cause of the kingdom, he sits there and says, They're beating the devil down left, right, and center. When God sees you getting on your knees and praying intercessory prayers and changing the atmosphere in places and claiming back territory for God, when God sees us take his word and make it our way to live and our standard to live by, when God sees that, he says, these ones, they are understanding. They're making the devil their footstool. I did my part. I want to see them doing their part. You find this strange. The book of Acts says, and the husbandman is waiting for the fruit of the earth. Before he can send forth his son. In other words, the coming back of Jesus is, 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 is predicated by us playing our role on earth. The more we fulfill our mission of advancing the kingdom of God, the more we are living as more than conquerors and we put the devil under the feet of Jesus. Is the sooner Jesus will come back. That's why the Bible says he is coming back for a church that is without spot or wrinkle. As he make up you. Now, in other words, he's not coming back for a church that is weak, a church that's apologizing, a church that is afraid. He's coming back for a church that is ruthless, a church that is powerful, a church that does his work. He's waiting for that. Because the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdom of our God. And so what's left for you and for me as we remember his ascension is to ask ourselves 
Am I fulfilling my mission? Because he began the work. Will I continue where he left off? And will I be that last man who runs that last lap? That last person on the relay race. Can I take off the baton as the last one to run? Will I run my lap? Will I do what I should? Will I make sure that the team wins? And that's the question that I want to leave with you. Are you running in a way that God's team wins? Or are you going to be that last runner who even if the team had gained a lot of ground and they were way ahead, when he gets the baton, he does something foolish and stumbles and falls and gets overtaken. Spoils all the hard work of the many years. I hope you're not that kind of a runner. I hope you'll be that runner who says, God, you can count on me. How many of you can say, God, you can count on me? God, you can count on me. Will you stand on your feet, everybody? Would you raise your hands to God and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost, everybody? In your prayer, just tell God, God, you can count on me. You can count on me. You can count on me. Pray in the Holy Ghost, everybody. You can count on me, Jesus. Pray in the Holy Ghost, everybody. Selamanama. Manga Botsaket. Pray, army of God. Pray, army of God. You who are going to bring down Satan, bring him into the feet of Jesus to become his footstool. Maele de Sekaradeva. Jaramadobre Sekaraborebe. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray the Holy Ghost. Jenna Maliakov Refen Manakas Keterdesk. Ah, Yabakuriatos Kedaborude. Pray, pray, soldier, pray. Pray, soldier of the cross, pray. Rande Rebesekarba Deva Parideseados. Oh, Gesikarba Debra Velebariada. Pray, soldier, pray. Yepa Mahabef, Mania non skinneria totes, Bendem brakale desia tosken, Mambrestelebari faprefanele desia toso, Aila katarapari atosket, Goria nambro katasknamboli dishkele, Reperpete prakala bakura pakar de gretaske de beredaya. Rande mandom rangon angles katra kaska prapala bataya lodos. Ganeyan ondos kebresela baria koteba. Shannanere frefer bedakal. Mango bosike. Pray the Holy Ghost right where you are. Let the Holy Spirit of God, the one that Jesus sent from heaven. 
He ascended to get the power of the Holy Spirit. He ascended to release the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. This is what I want us to pray together. As we raise our hands to God right where you stand. Can you bow your heads, please? Just close your eyes, raise your hands to God. Said, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I answer my call as a soldier of the kingdom. I didn't do what I'm supposed to do. I did not commit to my mission and to my assignment. Today, your word has come through with revelation knowledge. Now I know I need to play my part. Do what I need to do to make the devil to be your footstool. I'll play my part. I'll live in victory. I'll live in holiness. I'll live by your word. I will not be lethargic. I will win the lost. I will preach your gospel. I will be a prayer warrior. I will do all that is necessary to subdue the kingdom of darkness. I choose to awake from my sleep that Christ may give me light. I will walk circumspect and upright and pleasing you God that I may redeem the time because we are living in evil days but I rise up I rise up as a messenger of the kingdom of heaven and I take my rightful place in the name of Jesus pray again in the Holy Ghost right now let your Holy Spirit empower us Lord Empower us, Lord. Ramanonga Sialabuf. Sharamanali ve prefer. Make dreketeri dabra baria nonus, kaderia baba. Oh, kadoria sekaba. Brangala dasia tor de ve. Jela mariaco. Mamangam brocotorosea. Brecatre catre setere saria. Jerbe 
Mama 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. Join me again and say, Heavenly Father. Raise those hands again. Heavenly Father. I will live in victory. I will live as one who has been redeemed, bought out of the slave market of sin. I don't belong to the evil one anymore. I belong to your kingdom. I am your child. I am bought by a price. And I will glorify you, God, in my body and in my spirit. And I will live in a manner that gives honor to your name. Raise your voice and pray in the Holy Ghost again. Telemana Halidea. Telemana Malidea. Malia to prefer palmedefa pardeda. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Some of you who are not filled with the Holy Ghost yet, let God fill you with the Holy Ghost. Some of you whose prayer language is not strong and powerful, let the Holy Ghost come upon you. Malia to prefer badaklinaskedefa pardea. Yela Maria Toske Brefalaba Kuratemanomosikalabadea Zemanala Teskatere Befe Shkrepan Manavrefen Managula De Gestele Bediriano Zreptemanehale Dekulude Mramore Dekredesi Alotosococho Tononanamandem Greketeria Torsetede Setere Tarabaka Mamrangal in Angle Tessiato Gikir de breper betegretes kenenenala dai. Mamangaledea. 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 Egegresamande, lemando, rebendo, ledeske, rando, brando, gambo, reske, brusco dorode, rabalabadeca, grengalibadiske, grestolobotise, frefer bedekar, badamalo daskeda. Oh, Geberia Nomafa, Mamaria Tokeskes, Screper Bedefra Farmanaba Diskeda, Gilebandolo, Brangalinengo Bow, Rabale de Corodea, Abagor de Golodea, Amongale Dese, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> please remain standing. You can put your hands down. Keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed, please. Some of you, maybe you've been invited by someone who said, look, will you come with me? Maybe you've never been here before. Maybe that you've been here before. But today as you listen to the word of God, you realize that God is able to change lives. You look at your life and you say, you know, I'm really letting down God and his kingdom. Because here it is, Jesus died for me, but the way I'm living my life, I'm living like it's not possible to live in victory. And as I've been listening to the word, I realize that Jesus is the only one who can give hope in that regard. Our heads bowed, our eyes closed. If you say, Bishop, would you please pray for me? My life is not pleasing before God. But I want to get it right. 
I know it's not in my own power, not my own strength, but I want to give my life to God. He's the only one who's able to change things and transform things. Would you pray for me? Heads bowed, eyes closed, please. If that's you and you need the prayer, could you just raise your hand right where you are? I want to pray for you. Thank you for those hands, those bold hands. God bless you, everyone who's raised their hand. Thank you, Jesus. Can I ask the people who raise their hands? Would you make your way to the front? Can you walk to the front and pray? I want to pray. Take your belongings, all right? Don't leave your belongings behind, all right? Take your belongings and just walk to the front. Give them a big hand. Let them walk to the front. God bless. Come stand right here, please.